0: cry no more
1: Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Mac Maloney's Musical X-Files here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. What a special night uh, we have in store for you tonight. But first, let's quickly... Introduce the members of the uh, Posse. Girls, get ready, fans, Kleenex, extra big box of wipes. The very famous Juan Juan is here, Lonnie.
2: Hello, Mac. Pleasure to be here. It's going to be an awesome show tonight, that's for sure.
1: This is our second music show. We have some interesting things coming up, I hope. But first, no Coco tonight. Sorry, middle-aged ladies. Coco is on his secret mission. Uh, But up there in Battle Creek, Michigan, the Battle Creek of the Republic, our national correspondent, Switchblade Steve Ward, is here, Switchy.
3: Great to be here tonight.
1: How's Hello, things, Switchy? How's things for hey, you,
3: Switch? Uh, things are cold and, and snowy. There's mm-hmm. the uh, the snow monster lurking behind me here. Well
1: it's winter, dude. It's winter, right? Where you on?
3: winter. Yeah, but it's 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 uh, winter on steroids.
1: Okay. Interesting
3: way to put it. There's uh, nothing wrong with a mild winter.
1: Right. You ain't kidding. Um Changing the mood because she's drinking a mimosa, of all things, is our favorite, uh, I don't know, psychic, I guess.
2: Psychic, empath. Good witch, uh, good witch. Raven. Formerly mm-hmm. formerly the Ouija board reader. That's
1: right. Being
3: paranormal experiencer.
1: That's right. Hello, Raven. How are you?
3: She's a woman of oh, few words. Turn on your mic. We lost her sound.
1: Turn on your mic. Okay. We can't hear you. Turn on your <laughs> mic, yeah. Hello. Oh. Jeez. Hello. Winona we w- Rada. We'll just have to imagine what she's yeah, saying. Okay. She's saying, hey. I used to love Ravens. Johnny Depp, but I don't anymore. Okay, listen. We'll move on. <laughs> she's giving
3: us the. I best. don't think she did anything to her controls. I think that uh, okay. there, just went. Uh... It happened
4: after she had a drink of mimosa. Is that? It's a mimo- <laughs> the mimosa You're effect. Right, okay,
3: all right. We'll
1: just wave to her. That voice you heard. Is a producer, he would, extraordinaire, Chris Billiards. Extraordinaire. Ex- hey Mac, I, how are you? I pronounced it wrong. Okay, uh, yeah, Chris, you're down. Are you in your home studio or are you? Uh, I'm in my home tonight. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. So I, okay. Uh, yeah, uh, Chris yeah. I is, have
4: all the uh,
1: amenities. Longtime I producer. You at, yeah, yeah.
4: Just a little uh, Bristol ben studio Ross.
1: in Boston, right across the street from Berklee uh, School of Music, famous place. Um, but now they're down the street, and they've uh, relocated the recording studio to an old bank. And if you can believe it, one of the recording studios is uh, in an old vault, right? And they literally call it the yeah. vault. right?
4: your music is safe with us.
1: Oh, is that yeah?
4: Our, our, is that the our, brand? You know, the vault. Yeah. Okay. Get uh, it? Listen. Thank uh, also,
2: driving in the car. You're actually recording the vault, right? Is that yeah. What you- yeah. It's, the, it's the best room in the place right now. How can it be? The acoustics going to be crappy in the vault. They
4: were terrible. It was like a submarine when we first started. Okay, yeah, Tell me you know about know. it. Right. There's but, a lot uh, of baffles and stuff. Geez. Yeah. we padded it up real nice. Okay. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it's uh, beautiful
1: now. Okay, driving driving us crazy on Zoom because he's driving in his uh, Bentley or something is uh, our friend Matt Maley, recovering rock star, bass player of the Counting Crows. Matt, how are you doing, Matt? I'm doing great
5: today. Great to be here, everybody.
1: Okay.
2: Good, good to see you, Matt.
1: Matt, 14 years with the with the um, Counting Crows, and it's going to take you 14 years to get over it. Is that the count? Yeah. yeah.
5: <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes, it will. Okay. My my nervous system needs 14 years to calm down. Now,
1: it, and you're growing your beard back, so your wife must be happy. Correct.
5: She's happy with me again. She told you. Yeah, she can look at my face again and, and not cringe. <laughs> okay. All right. At the face God gave me. Wow. I see. <laughs> okay.
2: So now he's practicing transcendental meditation and he actually plays a sitar, exactly. right?
1: Okay. Well, he's looking... uh, cl- Close. Now close. he looks the pot. Okay. <laughs> close on
5: both accounts. I play Indian slide guitar.
1: Yep. And okay. I practice
5: something called Sahaja Yoga that not, not many people know about Sahaja Yoga. Really? And I think because it's free. Mm -hmm. You know, Americans need to buy a certificate that says you graduated. Yes. And Saj yoga is like water. So uh, the Western world doesn't like
1: that. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. uh, That's my thing. Yes. Well, But I digress. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. Uh, Joining us tonight, um, I'm sure, cutting into his busy schedule, schedule is Tom Brislin, keyboard player of Kansas. And we have to let him hear it, please. All right. And I'll also put in some... Fake applause later. Tom, thank you for joining us. How are you?
6: I'm good. Happy to be here. Okay.
2: Um, good to see you, Tom. Thanks likewise. for coming. Here. Are you down in New
1: Jersey? Is that where you are now? Because you are from New Jersey, correct?
6: Yes, I am in New Jersey where dreams come true. Right.
1: Yeah, well, your dream came true. So, so um, just real quickly, um, Tom and I met, wow, what was that? Probably at least 15 years ago when, when you were actually playing keyboards for Yes!, and it it's, was
6: it's actually the 20-year anniversary oh, this year wow the is symphonic
1: it? yeah they toured with, <laughs> they, they toured with an orchestra. wow
6: 20 years
1: that's crazy man Ow. but that was such that that concert i've seen yes many times but boy that sticks out of my mind because that was just of bombastic is the word it was just a spectacle you know and it was cool to see them play all that music with an Augusta with you playing though too it's it's that's that was the nutty thing about it. I remember thinking this guy is playing with an entire Augusta.
6: <laughs> um, had the best seat in the house, yeah, I guess in, you did, yeah we're sitting in the
1: front row so oh. anyway, so um now, let's just go to to what you're doing now, okay, so you've been in Kansas now, Kansas is an iconic band, it's an iconic American band. everyone knows about Kansas to me, you know, I'm a big prog rock guy. And I always just think of Kansas as kind of like the American Yes in a way. They played similar kinds of music. Um, but but how did Kansas come to you or how did you come to Kansas? How did you get the job, I guess is what I'm trying to say.
6: In 2018, uh, another project that I am a part of called The Sea Within released an album on Inside Out Music, uh, which is the same label as Kansas. Mm-hmm. And we played our first concert at the night of the Prague Festival in Germany and the head of our label was in attendance and a couple of months later when Kansas had the need for a new keyboardist uh, he told them to give me a call and they looked me up and saw what I've been doing and what I've done and Phil Ehart gave me a call and asked me to join Kansas so that was an unexpected phone call and a certain welcome one, and it's, uh, it's been smooth sailing since.
2: But, so you didn't say, hold on, i got to think about it? I mean, yeah, did
6: you,
1: <laughs> did you, did the let co- me see what I'm doing yeah. for the next couple of
2: weeks. Yeah. <laughs> put, put you on my schedule. Yeah. But wow. did the
1: call come out of the blue, or, or did someone crazy. say, hey, they might be calling you, you're on their radar, anything like that? was just a complete shock.
6: It was completely unexpected. Really?
1: Yeah, huh? Wow. Wow. In in in, did you
6: have to audition or anything, or what did you have to do? In this case, I did not have to audition hmm. uh, because they were able to see my work with Yes and these other bands, and they knew that I'd be up for the task should I choose to accept it. Wow! And wow. but during the time when I was learning up the music and getting ready, Zach Risvey, group's guitarist who also lives in New Jersey, hmm. came down to check me out. Mm -hmm. uh playing some of the stuff alone playing the spider and and things like that all all the real uh demanding stuff stuff. that they said okay if if he's covering this then we should be okay right and uh about a month and a half after that i that was rehearsing we just had a handful of rehearsals before my first show
1: that's crazy man i mean i mean but but we we keep you know And one i were talking about it this afternoon is what what I can't understand, because I'm, I'm not a musician, you know, I mean, Matt is, Chris is, um, but to me, I don't understand how you could learn, I mean, it's such complex music, both Yes and Kansas. To me, it's very, it seems very complex. How do, How are you able to take it all in so quickly, you know, how are you able to, I mean, how do you do it?
6: With yes, I had the advantage of hearing the music since I was a baby, oh, okay. All right. uh, there you go. <laughs> and my sisters played it in the house. And they were my, yes was my favorite band when I was a teenager. And mm-hmm. my uh, first bands in high school attempted Roundabout and Yikes. played Battle of the bands and played Rush and tried to play some ELP and, and mm-hmm. stuff. And we were uh, this was in the beginning of the '90s, uh, so we were uh, already like fish out of water. Yes, <laughs> and so I had that background in yes. So when they called. I was on tour with Meatloaf at the time when, when yes called me to join. Okay. Yeah, be and <laughs> uh so but in all of these instances Meatloaf, yes, Kansas, Camel, Debbie Harry, there Camel. was never any sheet music really? or guidance. It was no. here's our re- live recording. This is the way we play it live. Wow. You figure it out. Really? And that's part of the part of the uh price of admission is I have to basically pick it all up by ear Uh-oh. it
4: didn't give you any tracks like with just like the keyboards highlighted
6: oh i wish yeah <laughs> i wish they did no yeah. i mean it would be a lot easier now because there are lots of tools that you slow the stuff down right right and yep. not change the pitch of the music but then it was like play pause play yeah. pause play pa- okay figure this out go back and just wow. take wow. small bites and try to wow. be really thorough with it and because it's interesting because bands like Kansas and yes, in, in, in one regard, they're very high-minded and very imaginative and, and it's very deep music. And on the other side of the coin, there are like garage bands that got it together together. <laughs> oh wow. And okay. yeah so yeah, there yeah. wasn't any like erudite music theory or, or <laughs> right, right. it wasn't schooled in a way. Yes, yes So that's why it's all about here. you've, you've got our recording um, sorted out. And I have the extra layer of once I get the notes right, now I got to get the sounds. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. I so do my, my own whole... synth programming for the most part. And uh, especially with Kansas, I did it all. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow.
4: How do you remember it? All? Did you write it down or you just like keep on just shedding in the, it?
6: And... In the case of Kansas, I did notate everything. You did. Um, really? Just nice. about. Really? Yeah. And I had it, I had it all uh, notated and I carried an iPad and I had it on stage for you know, about the first month and a half of the tour mm-hmm. in 2019. And after a while it was just a security blanket and it was hard to look over there anyway because I had keyboards over here, keyboards, do it. And so keyboards. It was like I don't have the yeah, I don't have <laughs> even like the neck to get over to look if at you, the, uh, the yeah. sheet. But it, it was just for reference at that point. If you but know, I wanted to have sort of a trove of what I figured out. And just have it for reference, right. in case you know. For some reason, the band has to leave touring for a year, for some reason. Yes. So that when I we come back to it, I can I'll dust off uh, the the music and get it back in shape. Yeah.
1: Um, for wow. people who don't know, what Kansas, is and and with bands that we're talking about, like Yes and ELP and like that, and it, what happens is that
2: that the keyboard player
1: the is sur- being Emerson, Lake and Palmer. Yeah. They like surrounded, surrounded by these different kinds of. Keyboards, synthesizers, organs, pianos, or whatever, and and they basically play the the orchestra parts for progressive rock bands, and um, it it it, it looks cool. I mean, I've seen yes a million times in different bands and everything, and I just always just love looking at the stage before they play, and it's oh boy, you know, it's like a kid in a candy store, you know, Uh, but it's all just again to someone like me, it's all very very complex. Super garage
2: band. Well, I, I would. I was a huge. I've been a huge Rick Wakeman fan, Tom, and when I listen to other keyboardists play his, I say his stuff, the stuff that he he's responsible for. I don't expect it to be identical. I don't expect the riffs. I don't know if I'm using the term properly in, in keyboard language, but the the style and the the way he layers and textures everything. I don't expect the next keyboard guy. To be like him, how does how does his how did the material from Yes strike you? Did you feel pressured to be like note for note, or you you seem to have your own um, Take style infused into the music?
6: For me, I had, in in a sense, the the good fortune to know the parameters of the gig. It was only going to last a year. And that was upfront from the beginning Mm -hmm. because Rick was going to come back to the band and they were just waiting for his tour to complete. And in the meantime, they were gonna do the orchestral tour. And when they initially called me, the idea was just to have me do some piano and organ and have the orchestra supply a lot of the original keyboard parts. But by the end of my first phone call with John Anderson, he said, do it all. (laughs) Every keyboard part you ever heard on yes on these on these recordings do them. Oh, and I hear you sing too. So Chris is gonna want you to harmonize vocals. You have to drive the So I had that extra layer of responsibility. Slightly to to your question. um, I I approached it the way I wanted I would want to see the concert from the audience. I said so. I'm gonna want the familiarity Mm
7: -hmm. of
6: the parts and of the sounds. But I also don't want it to be like I'm listening to a CD. I want to feel like I'm in the I'm in a live event. Right. Mm-hmm. So I had to pick what few moments there were to sort of uh, veer to one side or the other a little bit, or just to kind of go off a little bit. But there's not really a lot of room to go off track. Right. But true. you know, to, there are moments of improv in there. But also, even in John uh anderson was probably the most vocal in terms of what he wanted from the keyboards so Mm -hmm. he would he wanted even more sound than what yes had on the album yes yes and then you have an orchestra too so we know it was enough for him we know john
2: (laughs) give you a chance to expand on on your parts a little bit we uh, a little bit now listen but but i was like
6: i was really geeking out on trying to get those original yes, sounds. sounds and the yeah, original parts yeah, yeah. i enjoyed that right
1: right it's so uh, do the does the band let you do, do they say okay you can improv here do they look askance at that or it's just it just happens the little i improv. think that
6: once they hear that i'm covering it the way it ought to be mm-hmm. then that's again it's like i've uh sort of paid my cover charge yes by funny. doing it the way it exists yeah, yeah, and yeah. then I it gives me a little bit of a license to yeah to expand on it.
1: Right. So listen why don't
6: we do I this? have a geeky question
5: for
1: okay. Tom. Go ahead please Matt. This would be hey, cool.
5: Thomas nice to meet you. I was looking forward to meeting you today and being here. Uh I have a really geeky question. When you since you played with both Kansas and Yes, have you noticed a similar
1: similar. Say it again. He's trying to think of the yeah, right for instance. On the course
5: of roundabout, even though it's one, four, seven, four, seven, four, one, and the chorus of point and no return, even though it's four, five, one. Uh-oh. It's this very similar arpeggio.
6: I think that the keyboard part in point of no return was probably influenced a bit by roundabout. I know that the Kansas made oh. no secret of their love of yes. Yes, yeah, yeah. And yeah. you you can hear Emerson Lake and Palmer influences, you hear mm-hmm. yes influences, you hear gentle giant influences, and yeah. crimson. Yes. They wore these uh influences on their sleeve. So I unfortunately some of your question got got silenced. So I hope I'm answering it right. He's but right. I think that. If yeah, the 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 figure is very similar, and, and it always when I even when I first heard Point of No Return as a kid, I I drew that parallel to to Roundabout.
1: Right. Hey, listen. Yeah. Why don't we do this now? Why don't we take a commercial break now? And when we come back, we're going to have um, five questions for Tom Brislin and then also top ten musician jokes. Okay, we ready? So um, why don't we uh, take a commercial break now? And we'll be right back. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Musical X Files here on the. Distant Thunder Radio Network. We'll be right back after this. Okay, it didn't stop. 50.12, and that's what a 30 point stop. 31
2: points. Cool. Okay.
4: Hey, Raven, are you there?
8: I'm here. Can you oh, hear me? Right. Yes, yeah. there it
4: is.
3: Hold hold that's on.
8: so weird. Hi, everyone. I don't know what happened. I didn't touch anything.
7: <laughs> okay, you
3: know, what if you, you had, if we couldn't get your voice back, I was going to have to read the jokes. Well, that's so. why I stopped. Yeah, that's why I stopped. Juan, why don't we just pick it up? We, we dodged that bullet. Juan. I was working on the vocal shifter.
1: Why don't you just, uh, <laughs> hey, Mac. Why do um, just pick
3: it up? Or do you see,
1: want it, one? should I pick it up? Or just oh, start a new... Because I, I, the only reason it? I stopped is I thought her mic was off.
2: Oh, well, we can we oh, just start see. another segment then. Start
1: another segment, okay. All right, hang on, everyone. Do Take we off. have a, a minute for a break? Yes, yes, minute, yep, two minutes.
8: Okay. Oof, I need to refill my
0: mimosa.
9: <laughs> we all do. <laughs> 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 UFOs are found in Renaissance art on ancient coins and etched on cave walls. They're even reported in the Bible. But more surprising is when UFOs are seen the most in times of war. Through centuries, thousands of UFO sightings have been made by high-ranking officials, military pilots, and ordinary soldiers. Often, these fantastic appearances occur at the height of great battles. From World War I to D-Day to Korea, Vietnam, and beyond, military investigators are baffled. Why do UFO sightings spike so drastically during wartime? Could it be mistaken aircraft? Or is someone or something looking in on us? In UFOs in wartime, what they didn't want you to know, Mac Maloney chronicles centuries of these incredible sightings and tries to solve the puzzle of why so many UFOs are seen while humanity is at war. Read about the scare ships, the ghost planes, and the ghost rockets, alien giants in the jungles of Vietnam, UFOs controlling our ICBM bases, dogfights with flying saucers during the Gulf War, and more. 300 pages of unbelievable stories, along with many startling photographs. That's UFOs in Wartime, What They Didn't Want You to Know by Mac Maloney. On sale at your local bookstore or on (laughs) Amazon.com.
1: to Mac Maloney's Musical Exiles show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Wow, what a show we have for you tonight. Real quickly, in the house, very famous Juan Juan is here, girls.
2: Hello, Mac. Hello, girls. Hello, guys. Everybody at all ships at sea. Welcome to the show.
1: No Coco tonight. The musical
2: version of the show.
1: He's on his secret mission, though. He's a uh, big fan of Coco's missing it. He's missing it, yeah. Um, uh, He's a big fan of uh, the music we're talking about tonight. Up there in Battle Creek, Michigan, the Battle Creek of the Republic, uh, National Correspondent Switchblade, Steve Ward.
3: It is great to be here. Switching.
1: How are you doing? Okay?
3: Uh, beyond wonderful. Okay.
1: We'll come back to you in a second, all right? Um, okay. Making us all look better and sound better is our good friend, Raven, the Good Witch. We should call her the Good Witch up in upstate New York. For some reason, <laughs> we always want to say where she is. Uh, Winona the Ryder white, lookalike, the Raven. The White Witch. Hello,
2: Raven. Okay. Hi, I'm
8: finally here. Thanks for having me.
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. We're at the wait. Glad you could make it. Um, Yeah.
8: Always.
1: Out there in uh, LA, on the West Coast, our good friend, Matt Maley, Recovering Rockstar. bass player for Counting Crows. Matt, how are you doing?
5: I'm good. Good to be here, everybody. Okay.
2: Um, Also- Oh, you're not in your car. You're back home now. He's back home. Yes. He's landed. Didn't miss a beat. Nope. The melee has landed, yeah.
1: Uh, That voice you hear is uh, Chris Billios, producer and keyboardist extraordinaire. Would you say that's right, CB?
4: Uh, Well, you know, I'd hate to disagree with you. Okay. You're the host and all. You know, I don't want to get on your bad side. So, okay, I'll go with that. Thank
1: you. Good strategy. Hey,
4: Raven, I I wanted to say my niece's godmother is Laurie Cabot in Salem, the witch- do you know of her? Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, my brother used to hang out in Salem all the time with some, you know. Uh, Sketchy characters? Different
1: people, yeah. Okay. I love Very, it. i awesome. owned God. Can so, I introduce, yeah. uh, I guess? Yes. Let me introduce, I guess. Uh, the keyboard player from the band Kansas, Tom Brislin, is joining us tonight. And once again, yeah. we'll sweeten it up in post. Tom, how are you doing? Tom?
6: I'm good. Thanks okay. for having me on.
1: Uh, keyboard player for Kansas, uh, the album, um, Absence of Presence. Um, we had a little conversation. Uh, actually, I saw one of your videos, and you said that it's a real return to the Kansas sound, which it is. But you also indicated that was kind of difficult to do, to get back to you know the original Kansas sound. I don't want to say there's anything wrong with they did later on, but it was a journey back. And I think mission accomplished, it sounds like. First Kansas
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thank you <laughs> was that like on the top of the list was to sound retro uh like the original band or 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 what I mean was that the the main mission
6: they actually gave us quite a wide berth when it came to writing the music zach risvey had already written music for several of the tracks before mm-hmm. i even joined mm-hmm. but there were these other opportunities to get in there so I, I ended up writing the music for three songs and then i wrote oh. lyrics for um six songs on the album yeah mm-hmm. and and so when it came to the music zach and i just love kansas so much that we were just writing music and since zach had produced the previous album which was sort of their return to this prog scene Mm -hmm. um you know he was locked in to to what they like and what they feel like playing now and i got a little feel for that and i just had a lot of fun writing and they just kept giving me the green light and the thumbs up so I, i i was going with it but i was never like trying to contrive some sort of throwback because I feel like you you can see that a mile away Mm -hmm. and and it doesn't last very long. Like, Oh, look, they're trying to, to relive some sort of glory days or, or or try to just like ape a sound. Cause you have to still, we're still going to just be who we are now, but I love those seventies sounds. So so they were going to come through my writing anyway. It was
1: very Mm -hmm. interesting how they worked the, the violin into it. You know, violin makes it very American in my mind anyway. And there's just something about working that into like the prog mix. It's kind of like how Jethro Tull works the flute in. you know, it's it's a little odd, but it but it fits. It's Kansas.
6: It's a big part of this yep. the mm. band's identity, and David Ragsdale is just so great. Mm. So we want to get him going as much as possible. right. Well, now I, we-
2: I enjoyed violin in bands from Quicksilver Messenger service to the Velvet Underground. And I think anytime I hear a violin, I'm going, wow, that's a sound I love. And then Ragsdale is just a tremendous at it. Mm-hmm. Did he like, is he another one of those guys that he started playing violin when he was five and uh, then went to some college of music someplace, maybe Berkeley?
6: Massa did it. I'm not exactly sure how long he's been playing, but he. Did I mean, I think he played with the Tulsa Symphony oh, and he's nice. had a lot of recording credits. He plays the violin on the mm-hmm. Smashing Pumpkins Siamese Dream yeah. mm-hmm. album's huge record and has been with Kansas a long time. And uh, yeah, so he's, he's good, he's played it all. Yeah, wow. hey Raven, that
1: uh, now that we're at this point in the show, why don't we uh, why don't we hear, we have five questions for Tom Brislin, keyboard player for Kansas. Okay, let's see, yes,
8: we have five
1: what kind of a sense of humor he has. Okay, five questions for Tom Brislin, keyboard player for Kansas, please. Number five, Raven.
8: Okay, true or false, the band Kansas is actually from Mississippi, but they couldn't fit the name on the front of the bass drum.
6: false False. That's false. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. i had a suspicion okay. that was false okay. although four. i, I steve walsh i think is from uh uh missouri or louisiana or something he's not from kansas but okay. the rest of the guys were and i think they also put free beer on their oh, gig okay. posters to get people to oh that's right hey well, who can turn that <laughs> <on>? number four <laughs> okay. please raven
8: number four true or false in the band's meteoric rise to the top, it was important that not only did Kansas have to succeed, but their arch-rival band, Iowa, also had to
7: fail.
6: <laughs> yes, and they were never heard from again. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can either confirm nor deny okay. the truth or the falseness they don't know where of they are. such Iowa. <laughs> They
1: did a concept album.
6: Uh,
1: next question, please. Right, here. Number three.
8: As part of the auditioning process, did you have to plow the North 40?
6: (laughs) I don't even know what that is. No no one does. That's a good thing.
1: Number, Number two, please, Raven.
8: Is it true that in the old days, many Kansas groupies showed up backstage with two sheep, a cow, and a feather bed?
6: False, wow, but whoa, whoa. they did show up with wheat.
1: Is this open? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. He said, "Wheat, folks." Okay, okay. Let's go. Last question, please, Raven.
8: Hey, final question. Hey, Tom. In light of being charged with five level one violations by the NCAA on Sunday, do you think Kansas will still be a seven-point favorite in their big game against Kentucky next week? <laughs>
6: <laughs> hmm. Well, I'm not a betting man. uh Oh. <laughs> But I'll say true. True. Okay.
1: <laughs> Juan Juan, get track on the yeah. phone.
6: Don't blame me if okay. your bets don't go right.
1: well. Right. <laughs> Five questions for Tom. Thank you, Tom, for uh, right. sitting still for those. Let's clap again. Yes. And clap. And you know, now that we're on a laughing mood, why don't we do 10 musician jokes? Okay? Now that we're, we're all... originally Okay. This, is, all right. this
2: should be interesting, Tom.
1: Ten Top 10 musician jokes. Musician okay? jokes. Here we go. Okay. Ready? And with, with apologies number to uh, banjo players and, I'm sorry, Matt, bass players. Sorry. A lot of research went into I'm, this. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm used to it. Okay. Well, we'll see. Go ahead, please, <laughs> Raven. Number 10.
8: Number 10. What's the difference between a banjo and a vacuum cleaner?
1: What's the difference between a banjo and a vacuum cleaner? vacuum cleaner. They both suck. Ahead, no. Raven?
8: You have to plug one in before it sucks. Yeah.
1: Oh, no. I so close. <laughs> See the road we're going down here, folks? Okay, number nine, please, Raven.
8: Number nine. What's the difference between a banjo and a South American macaw?
1: What's the difference between a banjo and a South American macaw? Bird. Raven.
8: One is loud, obnoxious, and noisy. The other is a bird. <laughs>
2: Number 8 please hey, Raven. Really beating up on banjos.
1: Tonight, we'll so wait till it's it, it's yeah. early. It's early. Go ahead, please Raven. I love
8: banjo. Number 8 is what's the difference between a banjo and an onion?
1: What's the difference between a banjo and an onion? Raven, please.
6: Got it. I got it. I'll go. You have to peel an onion to make people cry. Close. Yeah. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah. Wow, okay. Yay. I love banjo, by the way. You do? Well,
1: you better <laughs> not... I do, too. You better leave the room for the next five minutes. Go ahead, please, Raven.
8: Okay, what's the definition of perfect pitch?
1: What's the definition of perfect pitch?
4: The ability to disseminate a bit of frequency and
1: No, no. More. no. Raven, please.
8: <laughs> when you toss a banjo in the dumpster, And it hits an accordion.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Please, next. Raven, please.
8: What phrase will you never hear from a banjo player? What
1: phrase will you never hear from a banjo player? Raven, please.
8: That's my Porsche. (laughs) That's my Porsche.
1: (laughs) Okay. Okay. All right. Let's move on quickly. Please, next question. Please, Raven.
8: Why don't bass players tell blonde jokes?
1: Why don't bass players tell blonde jokes?
8: Because they don't understand them. Oh,
1: Matt. Whoa. So sorry, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> next, ouch, Matt. Uh, next question, please, Raven. <laughs> a big ouch, Matt. Oh, sorry.
8: <laughs> uh, what do you throw a drowning bass player? What do you
1: throw a drowning bass player? Go, Raven. His amp. His amp. <laughs>
2: Oh you're cruel. <laughs> That's awful. <It's
1: laughs> awful. Raven. Sorry. Next question, Raven, please.
8: A drummer, a bass a drummer and a bass guitarist catch a cab in New York City. Which one is the real musician?
6: Ab driver? Yes, yes. <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> oh good man, job, two? Uh, yeah, he's good too. Okay, go on, please, Raven. Is this the last? All right, one?
8: this is number two. Number uh, two. Why did the new bass player miss his second lesson?
1: Why did the new bass player miss his second lesson?
8: He had a gig that night. He had a
1: gig. It's <laughs> oh, <come> not <on. laughs> so come bad on. Is this on? All right, last and finally. finally
8: What are the three most difficult years In a bass player's life?
1: What's three most difficult years In a bass player's life? Raven, please
8: the second grade.
1: The second grade. Sorry, Matt. <laughs> I'm sorry. Listen. Ouch. Ouch. Oh. Very, very sorry. Now, listen. While we're on this, while we're on this stream, okay, and then we're gonna come back and talk to Tom about the new album and being in Kansas and stuff. In my research, I found out. I mentioned this off air, and everyone laughed. All the musicians laughed. That for some reason, trombonists are hated by everybody in music. Trombonists are the most. Well, you go on from musician jokes, and you know two thirds of them are about trombonists. Can you guys tell us why? It's a hard instrument to play, isn't it?
5: Well, Chicago definitely had a great trombonist, and it worked. You know, oh, I and mean, James did? Pankow yeah. wrote some of the greatest Chicago songs. You yeah,
1: know?
5: So I, I disagree with that.
1: Okay. Well, <laughs> as it turns out, we do too. We we picked up Your first cousin plays trombone, doesn't he? We, oh, okay. we picked up five. Pick it up, from- five. Hang on. We, we picked up five anti-trombonist jokes while we were doing research on banjo players and bass players. So, Raven, while we're in the mood, why don't we go? Okay. All
8: right. Let's do it. What's the definition of optimism?
1: What's the definition of optimism? Go, Raven. Tell us.
8: A trombonist with a beeper. <laughs>
1: Come on. All right. Number four, please. Rave.
8: What's the difference between a dead chicken in the road and a den- dead trombonist in the road? What's
1: the difference between a dead chicken in the road and a dead trombonist in the road?
8: There's a remote chance the chicken was on its way to a gig.
1: <laughs> now, who made too cruel? Too cruel? Too cruel? Okay, number three, please. Trombonist. How
8: did how did the trombonist brain cell die?
1: This is. How did the trombonist brain cell die? Alone. (laughs) Only two more. Go ahead.
0: Hated and stupid,
1: too. (laughs) Please. What's
0: the
4: difference
8: between a dead snake in the road and a dead trombonist in the road? There are Mm. skid marks in front of the snake.
1: (laughs) Wow, trombonist. Okay, one last one. Why do people hate trombonists? We don't know.
8: Okay, and finally, how do you get a trombonist
1: off your porch? How do you get a trombonist off your porch? Pay him for the pizza. Yes. yes! <laughs> Pay him for the pizza. Okay.
0: All right. Trombonous. Very good. Who knew?
1: Thank you, Raven, uh, for eating off that list. Tom, let's good just one, Chris. let's just let's just go back to you, Tom, real quick. So the recording process of doing the new kansas album absence of presence so how does it work i mean do you do you all sit around figure things out i know you said that some some parts were already written before you got in there but is there some kind of con- con- collaboration where you just kind of sit in a circle and let's do this let's do that and then it expands from there
6: I'm gonna I'm gonna get real deep and wax yes. philosophical about the making of this album right after those trombonus jokes. Okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs>
7: Good move. No, I, well we can only yeah, go
6: to up. To your to your question though, in this case it, it wasn't so much like that because we were on tour when I joined the band and the the opportunity to get some music on the record was happening in between the gigs for me so i you know the but the way to kansas would tour was we would we would go out on long weekends and play and then go back home and repeat every week so i got to be home in the home studio just about every week during the process so i would do my homework there and 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 play it for the guys and once we got the the to go ahead to do the tunes and every they would be disseminated among everybody and everybody would sort of add their own touch to it mm-hmm. so it was done a little bit remotely but we did all assemble in the studio outside of atlanta to cut the basic tracks and um that's where you, you never know when something new and interesting might happen right. that you weren't expecting
1: why atlanta why atlanta
6: that's sort of the home base of the band now. Really? Most of the guys are based around Atlanta.
1: Kansas is based around Atlanta. Interesting. Okay. All right. right. So, so, So let me just get back to Yes real quick. Okay. We're talking with Tom Brislin, uh, who is the keyboard player now for Kansas, but he toured with Yes for a year. We found out 20 years ago, as it turns out. So how do you get that call? We talked about how Kansas just kind of out of the blue called you and hey, do you want to be in the band? Who calls you from Yes.
6: I was on tour with Meatloaf in the in 1999 and 2000, and they were uh, they Meatloaf had the same management as Yes at that point. And at one time during the tour, someone from our management was out on the road with us sort of checking out a show and mentioned that they were working with Yes on a new tour. And I mentioned how I grew up on Yes and they were my favorite band when Mm -hmm. I was younger. And, And he said, you know, well, they might need a sub because they were gonna play in the in, in Russia. Mm-hmm. And Igor Koroshev who was playing keyboard for them had defected yes. from Russia. Oh, yes. And <laughs> so he couldn't go back. Yes, And so I, I puffed up my feathers and said, I can be your sub, I will do it. And they're like, all right, start making a tape so we can show the guys. Uh-huh. And then after that tour ended and I was kind of working on this uh, tape to show yes, I got the call saying things have changed different plan this time they're going out with an orchestra and mm. rick will be back in 02 and and so uh john wants to call you so the manager facilitated a conversation with john anderson and mm-hmm. john went for the jugular and said you know can you handle this <laughs> yes. that's john. like one of the first questions he asked was can you handle
1: it <laughs> oh buddy yeah okay yeah yep you said yes and uh he
2: said sure no problem no
6: problem <laughs> so so when you're you have, on, have to say yes you have to say yeah. yes oh, oh. It's yes say yes <laughs> to yes that's right
1: when you uh when you're on the tour with with those guys and and like I say all of us uh, I know Matt big yes fan I am um uh, I kind of know their personalities because I've been following them for years just like you have okay um you know were any of your illusions changed not illusions but any of your you know what I mean were they different people than you thought they were going to be
6: there was nothing unexpected that I experienced. Okay. And like you said, I I was familiar with all the interviews and the stories, mm-hmm. uh, the anecdotes, the legends, everything like that. So I it, okay. it provided me with a little bit of an advantage because I knew how to approach mm-hmm. each of them. And so the two parts of my, quote, audition for Yes was to the first one was to make a recording of me playing along with their live album mm-hmm. or not live album, just live recordings from the previous tour that hadn't been released. Right. And it was two songs, but it was close to the edge and the gates of delirium. Oh, cool. yeah. So that's 42 minutes worth of music. Yes. yes. And uh, so again, they figure if you can cut this, then we're and then you can cover our whole show. Yeah. Right. And so that was part one of the audition. They, they heard the CD and they liked it. And then they wanted me to come out and hang out with them while they were recording the magnification album. Mm-hmm in bel air i think it was i think it was one of trevor horn's houses or something they okay. just moved a recording rig into it and and so they had this real comfortable situation and when when i showed up and rang the doorbell maybe they thought i was the guy with the pizza i don't know <laughs> <laughs> and so i'm talking to them and and i hit it off with all of them and and was talking with steve howe for a while and it's funny because mm-hmm. i think I don't know if he told me later or something, but John and Chris were looking at like he's talking to Steve. Like, what's this about? Yeah, like, right. Yeah, Steve. Get, you know the.
1: the um, he's kind of reserved. Steve's kind of reserved. yeah
6: reserved guy, yeah. and uh, so I had a good good rapport w- with all of them.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, the personalities of that band, you know, they they made never made any real attempt to. You know, cover the drama if you know what I mean. You know, and <laughs> and also that you know a lot of lot of play. You know, a lot of members join the band, leave the band, join the band, leave the band. You know, so the is, you know, really kind of drama. But they have that core audience. You know, that and, and you know, I was one of them until so they went to work for them. Um, that in in Kansas, same thing. They you know, they opened for, Kansas opened for them at the Harbor Lights in Boston, probably before we met. I'm not sure when they went out together, but. And it was just, the previous year. Oh, okay. And there's just as many Kansas fans as yes fans, very enthusiastic Kansas fans. And and like both sides got a great show, you know? Um, um so like that kind of music, I love it live. And and if it doesn't play note for note, that's okay with me, you know. I, I just no, like it's a whole it's a different experience playing live, hearing it live. And um, you know, that yes show we saw with U Tom, that was just outstanding with the Augusta and the, the whole Nine Yards playing all their hits. It was very cool. So so now, what's 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 the plan? You're, next time you go on a tour, let's start from there. You do a tour, will you do another album now with Kansas? Do you know?
6: Since we've been off the road, I've been writing music like crazy, but I haven't been pigeonholing it into any particular style or even a particular band. I'm just trying to write honestly mm-hmm. and be creative and then uh, sort it out once it's taking shape and i can say oh this could be a good kansas song put that over here this mm-hmm. could be something for a solo album or something other that else that i do because i i have so many influences and my hands in so many different kinds of music cool. and so i i'm i'm not taking the time off that's for sure but mm-hmm. we want to get back on the road we'll have a live album coming out this year nice. with kansas and uh we'll, we'll get back as soon as we can. But once we are back on the road, I want to make sure I've got um, stacks of songs well, <laughs> to yes. show people, right. or at least, you know, it doesn't have to be quantity, but I want it to be quality. Right. Uh, just before- Tom,
2: would you say that you have stacks, stacks for Zach, because you and Zach, you <laughs> have a great synergy together
6: and great synchronicity. How did that all come about? It turns out that Zach uh, and, and I, we went and sort of parallel tracks in the similar music scene new jersey new york city he was added a few years before me mm-hmm. but he played in a, in a rush tribute band uh, called power windows that was playing all over new york city and i remember seeing them in the village voice and the the Aquarian, which was the new jersey rock paper and i remember seeing and he had a band called forefront too so but he played all the venues that i would eventually play all the clubs around the area yeah. and so even though we had never met before, when we did meet, it was, oh, oh, you know them? Oh, you know that place? Oh, you know this person? You know, we had all these uh, connections. And so there was a good bond there, Cool, I would say. So so yeah, I
2: guess uh, it really shows in the music. How did you get so
1: good, Tom? How did you get so good? <laughs> You're so awesome, you, Yeah, I mean, really. Were well, let me tell States? you, Mac. Yeah. <laughs>
6: But some things cannot be explained, such as my greatness. (laughs) Okay, Okay, okay. (laughs)
1: next. But were you You one of these guys who. It's avocados, right? It's avocados. (laughs) Avocado. (laughs) Someone went
6: down at the crossroads I cannot talk about. I'm under contract not to talk. (laughs) The Keyboard Crossroads?
1: That'd be a funny movie, wouldn't it? Yeah, show up for the guitar. Instead of the devil showing up, it's like a you know world. It's a salesman. Or but listen, so were you one of these kids who could play like a three years old, and then it just came to you naturally, or was there music DNA in your family, or what?
6: A little bit. I I was definitely banging on a piano at three, mm-hmm. and it was a good way to be a center of attention. I'm the youngest of five. Sure. And so, oh wow. Okay. Uh, my siblings played. My folks loved music. There was music in the house. Cool. and music everywhere my sisters were my first piano teachers and while i was learning from them how to play piano and eventually with the local teacher who i studied with all the way through high school mm-hmm. i was also figuring out songs by ear tv themes or whatever mm-hmm. and i was even drawing album covers and making song names even before i could write music or whatever cool. but i yes. loved the idea of an album and a band and a team like a superhero squad that each person had their own role in yeah, the band. Yeah, yes. That was awesome for me.
4: Yeah. 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 Hey, you know, I, I have a question. What would Chris. be the most unusual style of music we'd be surprised that you, uh, that you like? Or...
6: Well, I, I backed up some rappers.
4: Okay. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. I did oh.
6: back in the nineties because there was that jazz and hip hop a uh, lot of fusion going on and i was studying jazz in college at the time mm. and we would play for freestylers and we would be improvising sort of live loops uh-huh and um, that was really cool
4: mm-hmm. where did you go to college that. you mentioned when you went to college
6: yeah i went to william patterson university in new jersey which has a great jazz studies jazz. department jazz okay
1: so you do have that so, right. so so could you you have a degree in jazz
6: Yes, I do. Okay. Well, it's one, a degree in music, but yes, jazz was a big part of
1: please it. Please yeah. come on for another expanded four-hour show and explain jazz to me, uh, to us. Okay, let me just answer, answer one question. My, his, his, my Jazz is based on improvisation, correct? Right? It's a big part of it. Okay. Then how do you record an album?
6: Good question. Well, it's not – well, certain, certain styles of jazz are a complete free-for-all, a complete blank slate. Some have – structure Mm -hmm. and within the structure is where each band member finds their spot to improvise. Okay. So there will be a plan, but a lot of those albums from the fifties and sixties on say blue note records or prestige or Riverside, Mm -hmm. a lot of them did not have rehearsal. They went in there and cut them live. And sometimes it was just musicians assembled for the session or sometimes it would be um, working bands. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, yeah, there's definitely um, it's not just a jam session, yes. although that does happen from time to time. Yes, yes, yeah. Okay. You know,
4: isn't it funny, you know, you, you say you just, I'm sorry, you know, people just kind of came in, had the session, and yet now, like, 20 years later, it's, you know, it's this guy's solo. Everybody like it.
1: Yeah, it's glorified, and, uh, yes.
4: Study. A certain thing becomes the de facto standard, you know, and it's like, he could have just as well gone in another direction during that session, and mm-hmm. then that would have been that way. And, um, yeah, and I I actually wanted to ask the question, but I think you already covered it. Like, you know, when you improvise or, um, you know, how often can you take off in a different direction? And, uh,
6: you know, in, in, in what context? something like Kansas? Yeah, in something like Kansas. Or, yeah, or, something
4: like Kansas.
5: I mean, yeah,
6: well, there's a, we start our Point No Return anniversary shows, which are the big shows, the long ones that we play. Yep. Uh, we start off with this pseudo-unplugged, version of the band at the beginning and we start with people the south wind and they give me the first solo and it's different every night nice nice, because it's it's open to but i have to stick to to a form and a structure but what i say in that um 32 bars of time is is up to me and that's been really fun and and i think they're getting a kick out of it too because they're not used to someone who's going to play totally different every night yes right yeah (laughs) but uh, they, they they say go for it
1: Hey, listen, Matt, Matt Maley, are you a jazz guy? I mean, the way you play, Matt Matt is an unbelievable bass player. I'm sorry for all the bass player jokes earlier in the show, but, you know, I know how you play and I appreciate how you play. But, I mean, are you a a jazz guy?
5: Yeah, sadly, I I, I missed out on the jazz gene, although I've since discovered some of the greats like – like the one that talks to me is a love Supreme uh, um, Coltrane, all the Coltrane stuff mm-hmm. uh, that Miles Davis kind of blew. Mm. But when I, if you were to try to get me into Pat Metheny and I hate, and I, I don't want to diss Pat Metheny, but it feels more like this really, co- it's really heavy on my ears. Jazz is, is like Tom, you'll know this, but jazz is so many added notes to chords and such uh, complex chord arrangements uh, that, and it's so, it's so uh, academic in a way, mm. and, I, and I don't want to knock it. It's a legitimate art form, but I, I, I mean, I, I, am a Beatles fan and I, and to, I, I just, my son is a jazz musician. He's 20 years old and he's a 10 times a better musician than I ever was. And he's trying to get me to understand why somebody like Pat Metheny is cool. But when I hear him, it feels like more like the air ionization. And I just have to turn off my brain because it's so over my head what's mm. happening You know, and I mean, I sound like I'm a big complainer, but I I just, I'm not good enough to to get jazz, uh,
1: basically. See, I feel that way the same way, I don't like people's... I feel that way, go ahead, Chris, but I I feel that way the same way, too. I I feel it's like above my head. I was going to say, it's
4: like, uh, like I don't like hearing people speak German. You know, I just don't understand it, but it's like a language that I think, once you get a sense of what they're saying and the, you know, the, the sounds, that you can appreciate it and actually start to play it a little more. Sorry, Mac. Uh, right, okay.
1: It, it, well, Tom, you have the degree. What, are we arguing about anything with substance here? Or do you have to be learned? Do you have to be an academic? Uh, absolutely,
6: yeah. I mean, I yeah, like because it is, it is a language, like what Chris said. And I think what's interesting is that the golden age of jazz, if you think about like pre nineteen seventy. Um, in the acoustic era, so to speak, yes, Mm. Uh, there weren't schools, there weren't colleges that you could study it. There wasn't, the academia hadn't really formed yet. The way that you learned it was you got into somebody's band and they schooled you. Yeah,
1: that's cool, man. (laughs) So,
6: and and Miles Davis was one of the, like he was one of the universities of jazz. You got young musicians would, like John Coltrane, went through Miles Davis's band before Mm -hmm. he emerged as a solo uh, star.
1: Right yeah and sure.
6: Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers was yeah. an- another group like that Horace Silver Quintet these were like these were the institutions mm. and so it was a a style of music that was you had to live in the real world and and get it on the bandstand and i mean supposedly i heard that Charlie Parker and Dizzy Gillespie used to practice along with Stravinsky albums and things like that oh, and, yeah. and just try to improvise over anything oh man so um there was a, an effort to try to expand the musicianship but I think that like the swing the feel is is a, a big cornerstone of of the music the the language as we spoke and, and the history because it's like you can actually like look back like okay uh, this player was uh, was listening to that player from 10 years before yes. and then they were listening 10 years before and you, you could trace it all the way back to Louis Armstrong right yeah for instance and okay. that's that's so those three things I think is like if someone has an interest in it but yeah, there's so many flavors and, and you don't have to like them all. Different and I know kinds, right? yes. a lot of people, in, even in the jazz world, have very strong opinions about what's what's happening and what ain't happening. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. <laughs> of course, I showed up at at, at at college with my Tales of Topographic Oceans t-shirt on, so I was the coolest <laughs> uh, guy in the whole department. <laughs> wow. You were too
2: cool for school then. Yeah, wow. yeah,
6: yeah. I yeah, bet. Yeah, right. you me- a,
2: You'll have a front row seat at the next uh, ARW concert, I hope, uh, because I really <laughs> have enjoyed the, yes, the tours that they've done, and I've seen uh, two of them here yeah. in Boston. Do you and, go uh, see them? Do you know go that. see
1: like the two Yeses now, Tom? Have you seen
6: like? Well, yeah, whenever they're in town, I try to try to catch catch up with them. Okay. see the show and get to talk to them a bit.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. I've talked to mm-hmm. I've talked to all of them, but I've talked to Alan White. I had a very interesting conversation with Alan White. And he's an interesting guy, and I said to him not the name drop, but I said to him because he had played with John Lennon in the Plastic Ono Band, I said, can you describe John Lennon in one word? And he said to me, can I use two words? And I said, yeah, he said, my hero. It was almost like I almost got choked up, you know, because here I am talking to a guy who actually talked to one of the Beatles. Then I met Matt, who had a little encounter with Ringo (laughs) one night. We should tell that story again.
2: <laughs> yeah, we got to hear that story. Wow! Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: So because um, you were on
2: tour with them, right, Matt, during the uh, uh Voodoo Lounge tour? Well, he he, he toured oh, the Stones. On, say it again. Matt didn't Counting Crows uh open for the Stones during the Voodoo Lounge, or was it Steel Wheels? Voodoo Lounge, right? Yes. We
5: did Voodoo Lounge. We did ninety-five 12 or 14 shows. Yeah, back in ninety-five. Yeah. Yes. Yes, yeah. yes. Okay. And that was great. Why oh, that was awesome. the mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean there's too many stories, you know. I mean, I, I could tell the that's Ringo whole, one.
2: That's a whole show.
1: Ron Wood. Uh, yeah, it's a whole show. <laughs> Told him how to time
2: how to play pool. And yeah. Okay. I got a question for Tom right. uh, if we got time, uh, Tom, Go ahead. 3 uh, minutes. When in your bio when you're growing up you were listening to all the great uh prog stuff and you're like ELP and Keith, particularly Keith Emerson. Uh what did you think of the band The Nice? The Nice. Remember that? Oh, I yeah.
6: discovered The Nice a bit later. Uh, Uh, when I got into ELP was in high school because I was getting into synthesizers Uh at the same time. And so anything synth was on the menu for me, you know, Depeche Mode, New Order, Wendy Carlos and ELP, (laughs) you know, you hear Lucky Man and you're like, I I want that sound, please. I want to do that. That, Give me that sound right now. And, um, so I was, you know, making my way through ELP and getting seriously into them. Mm-hmm. But at the, and then it was a few years later that I discovered the nice and I saw, you know, Keith's roots, which were really cool. And yep. I also liked the refugee album, which the rhythm section of the nice and, and Patrick Mraz. Right, so Maraz, I liked right. all those uh, things. Like you
2: that. Basically, you grew up listening to that stuff. And that's, that's amazing time to be growing up was, uh, It was good music. ELP cool King Crimson. I'm a huge King Crimson fan. All their various in, incarnations. And uh, what what was your best uh, or favorite favorite King Crimson uh, uh, concoction? If you <laughs> well, well,
6: again, this was this was when the group was presumably over and done with. You know, early '90s and uh, before they had reformed as a double trio. And I was really into in the court of the Crimson King. Yep. Yes. And Red. Yes. were big yeah. in fact i was like hoarding vinyl copies of in the court of the crimson king <laughs> mm. You were because <laughs> it was I've, hard to find at that point because everything was going to cd
2: i've got all that and, stuff on vinyl time come over to my <laughs> house yeah, yeah well i vinyl. eventually did get a, a
6: few between you know i just thought that it would be funny to like decorate a wall with just tons of in the court of the crimson <laughs> king, <laughs> king <laughs> screaming the, faces the gatefold and then cover of king crimson you know, like, 12 tar oh, eye on the other side you
1: know yeah, it's great it's a great <laughs> album to put on turn down the lights light a candle smoke a banana <laughs> you are all set hey listen tom Brislin, awesome. thank you very much for joining us okay let's give him another round of applause wow, please. Which was, yeah. thank you for his, and, and do it again sometime and, and really continued success this is really kind of cool you've played with two like really big bands plus meatloaf what kind of a guy is meatloaf do you call him meatloaf what do you call him
6: I co- that was one of the first questions i asked really, yeah, I, what, what do, you, do i call him i, love. Love. <laughs> you <laughs> you said, call, I was 24 eddie, <laughs> eddie. <laughs> <What did laughs> say, eddie? so we call him meat meat or meatloaf oh, yeah. or oh, okay. Our boss okay not loaf okay <laughs>
8: god i love it <laughs>
1: that's cool
5: on my side you play with uh, with renaissance are, are you a, a, a celtic folk rock fan at all like fairport and steel ice Band and all those cats I do enjoy
6: that uh, classical folk rock, as the Renaissance that's Matt's crew thing. Yeah, it.
1: that's Matt's and, thing. Uh,
6: but I was definitely like uh, widened my exposure to that after jumping into to Renaissance. That that's was cool. one of the bands that actually had sheet music for me because I was I was doing orchestra parts with them. So really? Yeah. Thank you, Renaissance.
1: Yeah. yeah you know <laughs> what's up. funny is Al Di just passed away, and. Um, uh, no, I'm no, sorry, I'm uh, uh, No, 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 no. Check, uh, Korea. check, check Korea. Korea just check passed Korea. away. Here's some Chelsea, which is a part of Boston. And I went to see Return to Forever with all the with all the great guys. Okay, at, at Boston Symphony Hall, which is a beautiful place to hear someone. And the opening act was Renaissance, and it was just like this two completely different things. I, I went wow. thinking it was going to be like Yes or something. I came out of there saying, "Wow, that is just a whole completely different kind of music." Return to Forever was just Crazy! They were so good and just so dynamic. I guess is a word could be overused, but man, oh man, could they play? Stanley
2: Clark at that band, yeah. Too?
1: Stanley Clark, Al Demiola yeah, forget, Chick Corea, yeah. and Billy Cobbman on drums. Uh, ooh, oof, wow, yeah, man, what at, That was jazz, Mac. Yeah, at Symphony Hall, well, a place. Jazz fusion, which is kind of it was weird. jazz fusion. Yeah, and Renaissance weird was Renaissance was an interesting opening app but it's the only place I went to where they let you buy drinks and bring them back to your seats. So for me. It was a big step forward at a concert. What was the highlight. That was Boom. the highlight.
6: Right. Any Haslam loved Return to Forever and yeah. the, those rock bands uh, that got to tour with the, and play with the fusion mm-hmm. bands. It was pretty, pretty exciting for them, I think.
2: Tom, analog or digital?
1: Oh, okay. Yes. Good question, both. Okay, right. Tom, thanks very much for joining us tonight. We really appreciate it. This must be an exciting time in your life. You know, it's going to be a cool next 365 days, right? You expect to be out. We'll see you live, hopefully.
6: Yeah, I hope to see you. And uh, thanks for having me on again. It's nice to talk to Mm -hmm. you all. It's been really fun.
4: Good seeing you. Good seeing you. Great talking with you. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, listen, it
6: was so nice
8: to meet you.
6: Likewise. Take care, everybody. Stay in touch. We'll see you soon. (laughs) TomBrislin.com. We're we're on it. Take
1: care, all. The absence of presence. Let's take a commercial break right now. You're listening to Mac Money's Musical X-Files here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. We'll be right back after this.
9: Do you know where the world's most secret bases are located? Do you know what spooky action at a distance means? Is there a conspiracy by aliens to prevent us from conquering space? And where is the best place in the United States to see a real UFO? Find the answers to all these questions and more in Mac Maloney's new book, Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe. Visit places you never knew existed, the Phantom Tunnels of Tokyo, the UFO Trail in South America, Hong's Hats, and the very mysterious M Triangle. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe contains hundreds of reports on ghosts, haunted planes and ships, weird celebrity deaths, mysterious sounds, and a breakdown of every monster in America, state by state. You've heard him talk about it on the radio. Now, get all of Mac's paranormal research in one large volume, Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe, with a forward by the very famous OneWan. Juan Juan, on sale now in your local bookstore or on Amazon.com.
1: Mac Money's Musical X Files here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Hey, this is Mac Maloney. Wow, what a show we have for you tonight. All music. We were talking earlier to Tom Brislin, uh, keyboard player from Kansas. Get a little background in Kansas. Uh, with us uh, now, though, let me go around the horn. As they say, girls are very famous. 1 1 is here.
2: Hello, Mac. Glad to be here. Glad to be anywhere, as a matter of fact. And uh, thank you for all the listeners out there, especially the ladies.
1: Really? Okay. All right. Good for you. Yes. Shout out to the ladies. And there's the reaction to it. Um, Speaking to the ladies, middle-aged ladies, no Coco tonight. He's on a secret mission. He'll be back soon, though. He misses you. He wanted me to tell you. But up there in the bowl of flakes, uh, Battle Creek, Michigan, a national correspondent, Steve Ward, switchy.
3: Great being here tonight. Okay.
1: Looking
2: How are you doing, Switchy?
3: Beyond wonderful. Good. As usual.
1: With the glasses, Excellent. you get those uh, Carol Channing glasses on again. What's going on with you?
3: Carol Channing. Uh, the eight, uh, Amazon specials. He well, takes them I off. Got about he looks like. 50 or 60 of them around the house, so I guaranteed to find one eventually. You know? Okay.
1: Does anyone know who Carol Channing is, really, at this point? Absolutely. I guess not.
4: Carol Channing. Look,
1: yeah. Remember her? Uh, uh, up there, uh, you know, classing up the show. In upstate New York, I don't know why I have to locate her every time, but it's our Winona Ryder lookalike, Raven, Raven. Winona, Raven, Winona Raven, how are you doing?
8: Hello, I wish I looked half as good as Winona Ryder,
2: <laughs> we'll be the judge of that, oh baby you look really good, hold on, Mono. definitely, that's why we call you Winona Raven now,
8: <laughs> thank you guys for having me back again.
1: You're getting a lot of fan mail, as it turns out, Raven. What? Yes, but we have to wait no. till club is on I to, again. I
2: have to go to your office and read oh, some no. of those.
1: No,
3: no. Can you sing a dance sonora? No, because it, we let it slip. <laughs> no, Harry slip. Belafonte? We let
1: it yeah, slip the a... other night that no, she would send pictures to the fans, any pose. Do we remember that?
7: What?
1: No, I guess not. All right, <laughs> anyway, let's, <laughs> let's discuss it off air. Uh, Chris mm-hmm. Billius. Uh, producer, keyboard player extraordinaire, joining us from Boston, from Beantown, how close to it. CB, how you doing?
4: I'm doing great. Okay. Uh, thanks for having me on again.
1: Yeah. You got a really cool, cool. Uh, room there, man. Yeah. You got a really cool music room. You got a lot of stuff there. Keyboards and so on. How many guitars do yeah. you have? Yeah, that's what
4: Uh, one, two, three, four, four, six, and I don't play any of them. Really, yeah? Okay, that's good. But they look good. Yeah, yeah, I know it's good there. I got I got the keyboard, so. Yeah, a Martin nice. acoustic
2: up there? Is that, is that a... Um,
1: what is that? Yeah, see, it's silver. I knew toy. it. Yeah, okay, I, I have nice. a I have
2: a Martin as well. I don't very, I don't play very well, but. Yeah. Oh,
1: you should give that to someone who can play it. Yeah, JJ. Well, they're my
2: sons, actually. Okay. You know, he helps me
4: out sometimes.
1: Listen. Mm. Also joining us, rock star in recovery, Matt Maley, bass player from Counting Crows. Matt, how are you yeah. doing?
2: I'm doing good. Good to be okay. here. Okay. All right. Good to see you, Matt. The beard has grown
1: back. The hair is getting a little less Tony Curtis. we it, I was listening to an old show where we were saying to him, How much he looked like Tony Curtis. Remember that, that's when you had the beard off. Like,
8: yeah, Tony Curtis with a beard and, and glasses. Yes.
1: Wow. I see it. I see it. Listen, yeah. Tony yeah. Curtis and Winona Ryder in a movie. Look, it's a cop movie. Okay. She robs a bank. He's a retired cop. It writes itself, right? I'm here for it. (laughs) Okay, she's on board. (laughs) Excellent. This is why I get out of bed. (laughs) Matt, Matt, thanks for joining us, Matt Manley. Thank you.
5: Good to be here. Didn't Tony Curtis have two sons that joined David Bowie's band, Tin Machine? No, that was, uh, no, no, no.
1: Soupy Sales. Soupy Sales. That's right. Yeah, Sales sales and Sales. Yep. Soupy Sales. Uh, Yeah, right.
2: Right. Tin Machine. Yeah. Wow. Hmm.
1: I like that I, Yeah. They were.
2: That first CD, I loved it.
1: Yeah. I would have uh, disassociated myself from uh, Soupy, frankly. All right. Why? Because Soupy was like the most unfunniest guy in the world, even though everyone thought he was funny. He just wasn't funny. Okay. <laughs> and he was strange. He was, I, I, he was he weird. He was strange. He was a weird guy.
3: You he know? was avant garde. He, he was just, he started in the Detroit area. I grew up with yeah, him. Before yeah. He became, went went uh, nationwide.
1: And he was a ki- he was kids, he was a kids like a, a syndicated they never had him in Boston, which was strange. But he was a syndicated kid. They kids didn't cuz I used to yeah. watch it. Well, not in up there in New Hampshire. Is No,
2: I right. I lived in Cambridge then. Come on. Oh, well, that's a different part <laughs> of Boston. I was watching a Boston station.
1: They don't have the same TV in Cambridge. The
2: anyway. same station that carried Miss Francis.
1: <laughs> oh, remember her?
2: Sorry. And uh, That's sick. isn't she the one Tim that would look through a tennis board.
3: racket to figure out whose birthday
2: it was?
1: Yes, as it turns out, romper room. Yes, she probably... was it Miss was Jean, Jean, right? That was Miss Jean, Jean
2: in romper room. There yeah. Yeah. And Francis was Francis no, okay. with school. Sorry. All right. Yeah. If Raven wasn't here,
1: I'd and, tell you some stories about Miss Jean. And, and
2: I, I see Mac. Uh oh, he's playing with something naughty. No, no,
1: don't come on. <laughs> Take your hand out of your diaper, Mac. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. It's inappropriate. Switch. First of all, we have to. The entire you know world has to know before we ask you what kind of band you hate. What did you have for breakfast this morning? It's the skew of the show.
3: This morning I had a sausage McMuffin with egg and a a small cup of coffee, black coffee.
1: Really? Did you go to McDonald's to takeout?
3: I went to well, yeah, well, yeah. Where else? Yeah, the drive-through. Yeah. Okay.
1: Did you bring it home, or did you eat it on the way?
3: No, I, I ate it on the way.
1: Really? Yeah? Okay. All right.
3: Okay. You I think that I are... did not I did not get the potato cake.
2: Why? Don't like this potato
3: cake. You don't like the potatoes? Well because you know, Mac, what some some say all we are is dust in the wind. That's right? true. <laughs> but <laughs> that's I say a sometimes down. you have to stand against the wind and not take the whole whole meal because it's really wow. difficult to, to try and choke down those bag of potato those, those potatoes you got to yeah. be an individual sometimes
1: well there goes McDonald's as a sponsor but that's okay you know
3: no All the right, sausage cream yeah, yeah. muffin is great we but, can go but, to uh, Burger King. Go. Uh, do you ever do the bagel the bagel yeah, yeah, bagel. yeah. i used to like the uh, the the, uh yeah. the, bagel, the, yeah. the the bagel that these the uh, the steak bagel those steak, s- the anymore. steak I don't bagel those were Hopefully. those were good but you had to be careful because the juice would drip out on your sure to be driving uh, yeah. so you know okay, driving okay. and eating takes a, a particular skill it have been doing decades. it for years oh no, yeah <laughs> donuts and coffee you know
2: that's the, the name time. of one one's yeah. new album yes right yep. so don't no, want it, driving don't and texting to but driving and eating is the way to go yeah it's fine yeah. art
4: hey didn't mcdonald's bring back the uh, orange crush drink or something like that on mm-hmm. the news
3: Really? Yeah. I'm not sure. Did
4: anyone see that on
2: the news?
3: No, like, I went you know, between, between... separate. they I mean, some of they they do a certain line or whatever, and mm-hmm. they don't do it nationwide. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cut yeah. back to McRibs.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah.
4: I
3: mean, uh, all these
4: campaigns, you know. Yeah.
1: All right, listen. I'm going to ask myself <laughs> the same question. Then I'm going to ask Richie, the band that comes on, that I changed the radio. Okay, and, and I have a specific song, and I'm sorry. They have a long-storied history. But the Eagles, I think the Eagles are, like, like really, eagle. really overrated, man. I mean, and Hotel California. Well, look, they've got, they got a couple I'm
3: really good break. songs. But oh, some man. of their songs are awful. Oh, man. They, they, they do have, they got, Mac, they've got at least two or three good ones. Like, they do. By, they by do have two man. or three good ones. Hotel Cal- yeah. California. Oh, Who can God. sit You're through that? And
1: and that was like just put I into mean, it's, it, it, yeah, shot off into space or something. People think it's so good.
5: Oh, I think man. they're the original tired cowboys. The Eagles. They, might they are them.
1: <laughs> yep. They are them. And you know the funny thing. And I still I'm,
3: like Winslow, Arizona though.
1: That's good though. That's, that's cool. a, I like that song. You know. You know. And and like
3: that it? I mean, come on.
1: There was some. They did some good songs. But listen, I'm I'm going to really date myself. I saw. Linda Ronstadt with the Stone Pony with Glen Fry oh, and oh, man. Uh, what's oh. his name? Open oh, different drum. Op- Open for the Doors. <laughs> Imagine that wow. for a show, yeah. Wow. And they were better than the oh, they were better than the Doors. Drum, the, great song. The Stone Pony, they were they good. They were really American American Mickey War,
2: right? if I'm not mistaken. And
1: and and the Doors were like, oh wow. man, off night, baby. Ooh. but it was good to kind of see them, you know. Really? So
5: Yeah. Yeah. Hey Steve. Uh, that backdrop is there. Is that the plumber's
3: butt of a snowman? Is <laughs> yes, <really? laughs> Eighty-two fifty no an hour. Came from, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of like a Saturday Night Live skit with a snowman.
1: Okay, listen, Chris Billius, What 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 yeah. what song? What? You're driving around in your car in your uh, clavette, When you what song will you turn off the radio? What don't you like?
4: You know. I try and stay abreast of the latest trends. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the uh, mm-hmm.
1: secret word of the night, is it turns. Out.
4: Is it trends? All right, yeah. And, okay. you know, it's kind of hard. I mean, nowadays, somebody comes out with, you know, a pretty nice song, you know, usually mm-hmm. a female artist, you know, kind of kicking good. Yes. And then I hear 20 other songs, cookie cutters, just like it. I just turn right past it, and it ruins it for me. Yeah, um, yeah. So I don't want to diss on are music, uh, but I feel that you know a lot of it is just very, very, um, you know, predictable and
1: formulated
4: and uh, repetitive. And Raven is not nodding her head with me, you know, there's definitely uh, things have definitely changed now. We're talking about all these old bands and mm-hmm. keyboard players making a difference and all of that, but yeah,
3: you know, not anymore, it's not
4: like that anymore.
3: No, a lot of it really yeah. does sound the same. I mean, I've got serious right. XM in the car, I mean, I'm not, not that familiar with some of the recent bands, but I'll hear stuff and I think, Oh, that's that guy. And no, it's a different guy. Yeah. You so like the like same guy. guy. Like that guy. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And yep. that,
8: I mean, I'd have to agree because I, I, I was always raised with old school music. Like I have vinyl. I hmm. was always, I mean, like, I love the Beatles. I love the doors. I love, yes, I have, I have a huge, wow. um, a girl that loves understanding, yes. What I happened? I could say of, of, of classic what what they would consider classic music yeah. and yeah. i like some stuff
2: your dad listens to yes yeah, i know right? her dad no <laughs> you're not afraid I... to admit it
1: and
8: yes. exactly go
2: ahead yes i
8: like some stuff that comes out now but it's, it's some, very some, rare okay. some yeah. of it's okay but but you you're absolutely right where it's like it is a cookie cutter you you hear one thing and then you hear something else and it's like oh yeah that's you know whatever the that. hell i heard yesterday Turns mm-hmm. out it's by somebody completely different, and it's insane because, really, mm-hmm. like there's just no originality anymore.
4: This um, is the I don't uh, know.
1: that's just me. Well, here's but. a story that yeah, I heard. Mac,
4: it's almost like if somebody could take like an old song, I don't know, by Ario or something, stop and put it, put a different spin on stop it. You know? it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we have to talk to Matt Avier about that. Hang on, now, listen. But yeah. this is this is a story I read. Now this is this is a while ago. Okay, this is probably. Five or six years ago. And it turns out now it has to start with um, America's Got Talent. Was that the name of that show? America's, you know, with the yep. British guy. Was it america Got Talent? No. American Idol. American Idol with the British guy. Okay, American Idol. And Paula British. Abdul and, and, and uh, the guy who used to play bass for Journey, as it turns out. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so the Journey first... Goes. Yeah, the first Randy year ja- was good. Randy,
4: f- Jackson played bass? Randy
1: Jackson played bass in Journey. Yeah, as it turns what? out. So I did not know that. You know, so, so you know, in in the kind of later years. So anyway, so that kind of like yeah. you know started the trend, right? And at the same time, right. for me, it seemed like Mariah Carey. You know, she's kind of like the Charlie Parker of these kind of songs because everyone, for a long time, used to be in love with tried, Mariah Carey, but they tried to sound like her. And go up to that octave and that crazy up and up and down. And, and, you know, and and a lot of people kind of made their careers sounding like her. But I think she kind of like kind of started that. And a lot of kids wanted to sound like her. And so anyway, what happened was, Mm -hmm. so when Paula Abdul left the show, I can't believe I know this, but I watched TMZ. and. They brought in this woman, and I forget her name. I think her name is Diane something, and she was part of this committee that was formed by the guy who started ABBA. Now, stay with me here. And there was wow. about twenty I'm people. Diane Warren, her name was, and she wrote songs, okay, yeah.
2: prolific songwriter
1: for um, Aerosmith, you name it. And what they do is they just come All up, right. like in the in the morning, they get up and they think. Oh, here's a nice bridge. Boom 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 and I'll do it. It might be 20 seconds long. Here's a nice verse, here's a nice gazinta. here's a, or whatever. And they compile mm-hmm. these, they send them to the committee. You know, Taylor Swift says, "I need a bridge," and they just pick it out of the file and they put it into the song. It's it's like song by, by committee. And, and then they and then they get paid. Wow. Yes. Yeah, yeah, they do. Zeppelin, they so. do. When, when 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 Taylor Swift who does write some of her own songs. She's a huge star, whatever. But a lot of the songs are written for her, okay? That's Mm -hmm. how... She gets her hits. It's it's, it's yeah. not even hit worst. by community. It's hit by a, a committee that has never seen each other. It's all done over computers.
3: So, so and you think I could be a rock star, uh, man? Yes, you absolutely. And they Come can on. they can yes. they can mess with the voice with the uh, electronics and everything. Wow. And, uh, oh,
7: we could do it. Soon. Oh, listen, I've been in oh, Chris's studio. Believe yeah. me, they can make
1: like, me like, sound uh, like Johnny Bravo, Pavarotti. right
3: on the Brady Bunch. Yeah, that's <laughs> Johnny, Bravo Bravo. Cartoon cartoon. Johnny
7: Bravo.
3: Johnny Bravo. Johnny Bravo. That's the. That's the only uh, Brady Bunch episode I saw I think yeah I'm sure okay. gut, because the jacket fit or something okay. yeah well anyway yeah
1: listen so it, listen Matt let me ask you something though can i how how old are you if I can ask you that question
5: yeah i'm fifty seven
1: okay so you grew up kind of like as as we did okay so did you would you say you had a typical childhood i mean did you think did you have a typical child- i know you you grew up in uh, groovy uh Berkeley right hmm
5: Okay. Yeah, and but yeah, to a middle class family. Or, or my dad was a fireman, World War II vet, fireman, and then had a, a stucco business and and stuccoed houses after he retired. And very middle class. And you know, I got a bass as a graduation present from high school. And uh, oh. I mean, I knew I wanted to be in a rock band. I, I was a music. I knew I was a musician mm-hmm. at seven years old. That would, that would be 1970. Wow. Huh? When a guy came and tested. yeah, this well, this this guy shows up at our school and tests us for musical ears and singled me out and said that, you know, this guy, this kid has a a gift for hearing music. And, uh, and so I took piano lessons for two years and I hated it. Hmm. And then, uh, gave that up at about nine years old and then adolescence kicked in and I discovered the Beatles and now I got to, I want to be in a rock band. So that, that by the time I graduated high school, I got a bass, and I I was on my way.
4: Mm -hmm. Do you think it would have happened if you didn't live in where you did? Sorry, Chris, say again. Do you think it would have happened if you didn't grow up, you know, in California where you did? What's the location? Uh,
5: yeah, well, you, well, when I was in high school, it was all about The Who and Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. And when Counting Crows formed, I think a timing has a lot to do with it. Counting Crows is, is we're all kind of pudgy folk rockers, you know, that uh, that were nothing like The Who. Or we were never going to be Zeppelin, but the music business turned into this thing where that if you were writing good songs mm-hmm. and, and were an acoustic-y rock band, you can get a record Anti-grunge. deal. Anti-grunge. So we, you we, we were very lucky. Anti-grunge.
1: I mean, you guys, you and Hootie and the Blowfish, and a couple of the bands, you know, put an end to the grunge thing. And the grunge thing, to me, it's fine. Okay, Kurt Cobain. I know that there's some like cult around this guy. I I, under, I kind of understand that. Oh, and, and I know Raven must have an altar to this guy. All right. Yeah. Geez. But and I understand I kind of like the punk <laughs> aspects of. It, but I think when you yeah. go in and make a song, you really oh, kind of yeah. kind of you know, it, 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 there's like certain parameters that you have to kind of you know be within. And and I don't think those guys well, well, were that thing. You know, I think they were just sloppy because they were know, sloppy. I, no, Chris. I'm sorry, I didn't want to cut you off. No, here. I'm, I'm
5: just where they sloppy?
4: I saw an unplugged uh, show where they did his songs and the songs really stood up, even just really? you know, and that's like the real test, I think. Oh
2: no, mm-hmm. I, I thought yeah.
4: yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, I I have that videotape, you know, it's great. I have, the, I have the CD also, it's uh, awesome. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Nirvana, were were, Nirvana
5: was great Nirvana was unusual because Kurt Cobain was gifted in the songs that they that he wrote. Were really good songs as a songwriter. Yeah. You can hear them, and he could also yell in tune, which was which meant he was a great singer. He That's a rhythm important
1: to know. yell in tune. Yes, yeah, interesting. Yeah, and okay. we're all trying to get on Raven's good
4: side. You understand? Okay, Raven. I mean, <laughs> Tell us about I mean, the your album love.
2: Smells like Teen Spirit was like the signature song Super. for the era. What a what oh, a yeah, title! And how,
4: and how many people covered it too? You know, yeah. Yeah.
2: what
1: a title! Yeah. And what what a video! Of that real dark yeah, gymnasium either. and the cheerleaders are dancing in slow motion. But I digress. Raven, why do you like Kurt Cobain? He never che- he never washes his hair. Same old, same old sweater. I mean, come on. And married to I, Courtney Cox. What's the matter okay. with you, dude? Well,
8: let's not even talk about Courtney Love because I'm gonna I'm gonna about I'm Courtney about Cox. to get pissed because I don't oh, like her. Oh, really? No, we're not no one her. does. Stop. <laughs> Um, yeah, no one is cares.
2: like the band. Holes. He's
8: like Taylor Swift. Like, who cares? Who Nobody cares? Is her?
1: right. They're I used the, to the the celebrities. I used to like yeah, the like figure's you. Know Taylor calendar in my room. But there's no <laughs> way that Kurt Cobain. I used to. really.
2: Yeah, my I wife thought it was creepy. Not. Yeah, I think it's creepy. We so, all yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> we do. Listen, she was country. Raven, go ahead, Raven.
1: Raven, there's no way.
2: I feel like
8: he was like, just like a super down to earth person and wasn't really about, you know, making it big. He wanted he needed an outlet that was specifically so that he could get everything that was inside out. Oh, because yeah. it like he needed to get it out. And I don't know, that's like how I feel. Um I feel like he really got robbed of that. Um wow. for, for reasons that I won't get into because I don't want to get sued but, um, <laughs> I we'd love to get sued, we, we'd Jesus love that
1: publicity.
2: Yes.
1: But well, okay, listen, Matt. Well, I'm oh, gonna throw it to Matt we, then we because have Matt,
2: I have a copy of his suicide letter. Oh, it's like three
1: pages come long. On. Listen, can uh, he, didn't really? on <laughs> okay. he didn't write it really on both sides? He didn't write it, Matt. It's listen, it's, it's Matt, subject. you've been there. Anything at
4: Area 51? No, <laughs> right,
1: another show, Matt. You've been there now. Listen. This guy, I mean, from my point of view, I mean the only thing I liked about him was that he was a big fan of John Lennon. And mm-hmm. that made me there feel better about the guy and that but I learned that years later, okay? And I also mm-hmm. think that their drummer, Dave Grohl would go on to be the frontman of a really successful band. Foo Fighters as the guitar player, you don't see that very often. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I mean, when when Kurt Cobain Left us. He committed suicide. He was a celebrity. He was a star. He was a millionaire. He 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 didn't have a whole lot to complain about, man. I mean, you know, his image was he was just this guy, this down to earth guy. I understand that, but he but but he wasn't. He had changed. He was a rock star. Or am I just being too Pollyanna?
5: I heard I heard that he never liked it. He was never comfortable with success. He was really embarrassed about it. At least from what I've gathered, Mm -hmm. you know raven might know more you're being a big mm-hmm. fan of them did
1: you ever meet him ever cross paths with those guys
5: yeah yeah i no. met him i met i met him and courtney love and their newborn daughter oh but the time. They, the the guy that's <laughs> what <laughs> daughter's name yes, okay francis bean francis yes, bean. i'm sorry yes. but i saw her I, yes i i i patted her her head as, as she was probably a probably six months older or, or a year old but uh we but Nirvana was playing in Oakland, uh, and we were getting we, we had had our record done, but it wasn't out yet. Our first record, and the guy that signed us to Geffen was a guy named Gary Gersh, and Gary signed Nirvana, so he was friends of the band and friends of ours. So he got us front row and backstage, so we all got to go see Nirvana, and uh, and it was great. They were really? great yeah, huh? uh, they were unusual, you know. Yeah, they were they were an unusual band because they were really good. I think the weakest link is the bass player, Chris Novoselic, yes. and even but even he worked really well in the band. Yeah. But I think Dave Grohl being a great drummer, wow. and, and Kirk Cobain being such a great singer and songwriter, right? They, I mean, they they disguised themselves as a punk, as this thrashy punk band, but they were way more than that. Yep. It's hard yep. to see it unless you're a songwriter, maybe or hmm. or whatever. But they they were better than everyone thought at the time.
1: But don't you think? Uh, the I mean, performance
5: just... on Saturday Night Live was riveting.
1: Yeah, riveting. Oh uh, yeah,
5: I remember that. It when when, okay. when the, When Chris hit himself in the face with the bass, yeah, he threw the bass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But, 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 but awesome. Don't you think (laughs) that there's for every Kurt Cobain, there's there's ten thousand songwriters out there that, you know, are going to write songs about their angst and stuff, but they're not lucky enough, you know, to be signed to a major label. Do you know what I mean? I mean, he 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 wasn't the yeah. only guy who felt like this. Yeah, he just happened to be the guy who was able to sing about it, right? See, I yeah, think he, that I think the Beatles. I think for yeah. me, the Beatles were were very unique individuals. I I mean, you know, not not individually, but together, they really kind of created something special. I think that Kurt Cobain and that band. There's a lot of garage bands out there, you know, that were that were and some guy crying about his angst. I, I know his mother was very wealthy. She was a psychiatrist. <laughs> she helped, you know, the the the, the you know, um, the, the Patty Hearst and these people. I mean, he, he didn't come up from the from the streets. And I know he had some kind of stomach condition his whole life. He had medical problems his whole life. You know, and in he didn't have a pleasant life. But you know, he didn't have a whole no, I That's just can a lot I, of other people. I I, I, I just can't. Hey, let, say it. I didn't have a lot to complain. I was going to
4: say, frankly, what do you think would have happened if you put George Martin with Kurt Cobain mm. and the band? Mm. You know, because I mean, you talk the Beatles and the Beatles Come on, we we can't you know dismiss any of the talents. Awesome, but I mean, that was such a huge part of their growth. I think. Mm. You yeah. know, I don't really know. Was he there? And like you know, she loves you. Yeah. 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 Probably, but... Oh, yeah, no, yeah, he, he was, was there for well, the beginning. Okay, well, yeah. even then, you know, but I'm just saying, you know, you have that outside influence, Chris, too, to take the talent yeah. and... Uh, yeah,
1: Chris hates the know, Beatles. Yeah. Chris hates the Beatles, which is I really kind not. of strange. Had, right, so this is what happened. Let me, let me just clear this up right this. now. Go ahead. I
4: was in my house. And I said, oh, look, I'll collect all my Beatles I've ever had for my whole life. Wow. They one thing, and I'm going to listen to it all in one sitting. And that was my point. After a while, it got on my nerves. No, <laughs> okay? no, no. So, Come on. A-
1: wow. Holy <laughs> cow. Someone to- needs a hug. <laughs>
4: Come on, Yikes. Chris. No, you can listen no, to so the okay. Beatles... In my <laughs> With the Beatles, wow. Subject, wow. Seven, and then d- 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 Not
2: get blown away by thirty-nine that forty-two.
4: No, no I, but I'm
1: talking like eight albums
4: or something like this. Yeah, Maybe but don't nine, you see nine, the 30.
1: progressive? I mean, okay, at, I John Lennon used to do the same thing. He would he would sit and he would listen to the album and he would make sure that every song was a little bit more progressive than the one before it. I mean, he he did that. You know, he was the I mean, they want to—they want to say that McCartney was the guy who got them all together and anything, but you know, Lennon got you know—kept them as being kind of avant-garde in a
2: way, Raven's kept them from us being the thumbs down here. What's a thumbs down on the Beatles? Yeah. The,
8: no, I love the Beatles, but, but I'm not a huge McCartney fan. No,
2: I'm yeah. not
1: either. I'm not either. Annoying. Not. No, he I is annoying McCartney anymore.
2: Yeah, he sucks, <laughs> but,
1: but, it's a whole other show.
2: I mean, Maybe Chris is right. I he you hate to say that like, McCartney sucks, but he does suck. Nobody—he—he—he's right
5: he, just. I'm just tired
1: time. of it. Yeah. Um. Okay. You know the thing with the Beatles. Go ahead. I want to hear Matt. You
5: know go ahead, Matt. No, I want to hear go your go, take on
1: this, okay. Matt. Please. Well, the,
5: uh, the, <laughs> the, the thing about the Beatles and what's very unusual is there are two Beatles. The first one being the mop tops and the the matching suits and the mm-hmm. and yep. the Eight Days of Yep. And then you add LSD or Storm. pot, or like whatever, a pot. Yep. And, and they supernova they yeah. turned into mozarts and and mm-hmm. so out comes rubber soul right and yes the world including bob dylan gasps and oh, said, yeah you yeah, can't yeah. do that on a record and yeah then, then the comes the triple threat of revolver and then sergeant pepper and they just kept kept supernovaing that like they they started off as this boy band that happened to be super good and mm. sang super well that's funny they they, they blossomed into something else. They were a boy and, band. You know, that's, that's really
1: kind weird of about funny to think about that. Yeah. You yep. know,
2: There's a band that changed people's lives when they were listening to their lyrics and stuff and they were, you know, internalizing, like like you open the gatefold of Sgt. and Pepper and you said, this is the meaning of life right here. And people yeah. changed their life direction. Mm. Yeah.
1: By looking at that. I remember question.
2: when that record came out, I was in the Boston Common. I bought it at the Harvard <sighs> Coop. took the train to, to college and I decided not to go to classes that day. At Northeastern and just to contemplate the meaning of life within the lyrics of Sergeant Pepper. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) And it changed my life. We've all been there. I went and joined the Navy (laughs) after that. Oh
1: yeah. Well, Uh hey, well, mission accomplished. Can I ask a question? Yes, please. Switchy, who Uh, knows switchy doesn't know much. Years
3: ago I heard uh, Neil Diamond in an interview say that the one thing that the Beatles did was make the uh, it, it used to be that the songwriter was in the background. But when the Beatles made it, it changed where the songwriter actually became uh, – people became more aware of Stuff, them and yeah. became more important. They wrote their own music.
1: They wrote their right. own music, and that was very, very different back then.
5: Yeah, that's, it was the new. Mm. I got into a conversation once with the, uh, one of the guys in Counting Grove about which Beatles record was done on which drugs. And we came to the conclusion.
1: Another show, but go ahead.
5: That revolver Revolver is. (laughs) Tell me, Mac, if I I shouldn't talk about it. No, go ahead, please. All right. uh, Rubber Soul is the Beatles on pot. Yes. Revolver is the Beatles on LSD.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. Sergeant
5: yeah. Sergeant Pepper is Paul on coke. And the Beatles on LSD. Wow. Okay. The White yeah. Album. The White <laughs> Album. Dawn on heroin and Paul coming down off a of coke.
1: Cool. Yes. And okay.
2: called it White.
1: I can see the graph. <laughs> yeah. Right. Wow. Magical, magical Mystery Tour. No one remembers that's one. recording that. That's, but...
5: I'm not sure what that is exactly. Wow. Yeah, like well, that's that. interesting.
1: That, that may up.
8: be what they call an eight ball.
1: An eight ball. Yeah. yeah. A,
5: oh. an eight that's ball? Crack. that's for Paul. That for Paul,
1: of yeah. course. <laughs> Wow, well that's interesting because because yes, you could see that. I mean, you know, it was kind of Help Help was kind of funny because if you listen to Help, it's one of those albums that they made like really quick, like they High days slap night them together. Yeah. And like yeah. all the songs are great and, you know, supposedly that's when they, you know, Dylan had turned them on to pot and whatever, and they were just got like having a having a good time, but R- Rubber Soul came like four months after Help. It was a very, very short amount of time. And all of a yeah. sudden, it's like, uh oh, what happened? And it was f- funny because as a Beatle fan, this turned into a Beatle uh, fest here. But as a Beatle fan, I felt bad because I had missed seeing the Beatles live when in the mop top days, okay? And I all I wanted to do was see them live. Mm-hmm. But anytime I heard a song where they had August's and horns and stuff, to me, I always thought they'll never tour again. I'll never see them again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and, and so it was mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, mm, you know. But then, you know, of course, any Beatles song that they put out, like in Boston, it was on WMEX or WRKO, you would hear it. You would hear Penny Lane. You'd hear Strawberry Fields. you go, oh, they've done it. I can't listen to it anymore. That is like too crazy. And then two days yeah. later, you know every song, you know every note. You know every word. You can't wait for it to get back on the radio. That was yeah. really You're, cool. You know, and that's a you real. You disc
2: jockey at a radio station. You were in heaven because you had A-sides and B-sides on your playlist. And you had, uh, was was Penny Lane, uh, was Strawberry Fields Forever backed with uh, yeah, Penny Lane? Penny Lane. It was, was supposed to be on Sgt. Peppers. The A and B-side. They had an incredible amount of A and B-side hits then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: they'd have double hits. Yeah. And they're the
2: only band that really had double hits. All the time. Yep.
1: Hey, listen. why do not we do this?
2: a woman and was... Uh, I Feel Fine or something. I, th- I, I feel have fine. a lot yep. of those singles. No I have right. those singles. It's I still love like those, a yeah. programmer's dream.
1: Yeah. I mean, when you listen to – now, uh, here's it real quick, and then I'm going to take a break, and then i going to do a quick segment. Now, here's an interesting – I know about the Beatles. Um, there's a book called "In uh, A Hard Day's Right, uh, W-R-I-T-E, and, and this, the guy takes every Beatles song, and he deep dives into it, and he knows what happened, Right. Like John Lennon, like they said to John Lennon, hey, you know, we need four songs, and the name of the movie is Hard Day's Night. And he came in the next day, and he had Hard Day's Night, and I should have known yep. better. It was nuts, right?
2: Can't buy me love. Yeah,
1: and it's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's like, well, if you have to do it, they do it, and whatever they do is great. And, and, and there were professional songwriters in the Brill Building, for instance, and out in L.A., and that's what they used to do all day. They would, you know, they'd come up with 20 songs, and, you know— out of 400 songs in a month, one of them might be on a you know Pepsi commercial or whatever. But, but everything the Beatles did on yeah. the hurry up was a hit, you know.
2: Yeah.
9: The,
1: and help was that's even how help songs was recorded. they thought
2: were throwaways became a hit someplace else. Yeah. Like Hey Bulldog was on Yellow Submarine, and it was like, okay. Yeah, they <laughs> they played it at the Grammys. No, they played
1: so. it at the grammys like 3 or 4 years ago so what i'm saying is like it seemed to have helped them to be on the hurry you know what i mean we got to get this done so let's do it and mm. your know, help was done like that and then basically what happened was what, what rubber soul was they didn't have to tour you know they could kind of settle down and stuff they got high yeah Yep. That's what you know I, I just like to, to kind of
4: comment record. on that real quick. Ahead, you know back then when they were recording those songs, what did they have like eight tracks, Four you tracks. know so it wasn't like today you can record and record and record all this stuff you know you're not going to use with dude anyway. Yes. You know back then <laughs> you started out It's like, okay, we got eight checks. Put drums here. We'll do them stereo. We'll do this. And then we'll bounce that over. And, you know, there was a maximum. There's a finite number. So you figured out what you had. And then you just did it, you know. And then it was done. Yeah, then it was done. Now. And
2: and the industry said nobody can do backwards guitar parts and make it work. Yeah, right? Yep. Go ahead, Raven. The Beatles do backward guitar parts and made it work. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) yeah. I mean, your George. I mean, the kind of guy he was. He sat and he, he came up with the guitar solo, knowing that they were going to turn it backwards. So he's he's trying to play something frontwards that they're going to play backwards. And that, when you when you way, hear it, you go,
2: is sleeping?
1: "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Well, like, what
2: the what is this? <laughs> yeah. uh, Raven, please.
1: Raven was going to say something. So, who's the cutest beetle for you? <laughs> oh.
8: Come on. My favorite Beatles is George, always. Oh. He's adorable. Oh. I share a birthday with him. Oh, really? And yeah. And I think he has the best music. February 25th. Yep. Okay. February twenty fifth. Yep. Yep.
1: Now listen, Coming now up. let's talk I'm about up. him for a second. Oh, wow, get, I'm gonna be
8: I'm gonna be twenty one, just so everyone knows. So I've a never that way, an believed. alcoholic beverage in my life, so if you want <laughs> to send him, <them>, I'll <laughs> give you my
1: address. All right, <laughs> <laughs> once he turns twenty one,
2: I'll do a road trip up to Binghamton. That'd be a piece of cake. We game. all will Sounds fly. Good. Okay. So, okay, but he, here's the funny thing about that. Challenge in your driveway. It's made Just give your husband a heads up.
8: I'll let him know. <laughs> I will let you know.
1: We'll let you know. Don't worry. So here's the funny thing about the Beatles, okay, is that you have this songwriting machine of McCartney and Lennon, and who could deny that they're the best ever? Because everything, it seems like everything they write is great. And they have, uh, I read the other day, 22 number one hits or whatever. It was, it, it was insane. And, <clears throat> you know, but, but, you know, and, and you said, Matt, you said that there was clicks in Counting Crows, but like in the Beatles, it was kind of like, jo- uh, you know, John and Paul and Ringo and, and George, right? So, yeah. so and, and, and George never practiced. He only played when he was recording, especially when they stopped touring. Ringo says he never plays unless he's in a band, all right? I got to believe McCartney plays something every day and Lennon probably played something every day. And it was hard for Harrison To get his songs, how how are you going to break into the lineup with Lennon and McCartney in the lineup? But so in Abbey Road, where they're breaking up, they do Here Comes the Sun, which is basically George and Ringo, as it turns out, mostly. Mm. It's the number one stream song of the Beatles. It's the number one song that everyone Mm. listens to. It's the most popular Beatles song was written by George Harrison. And I think that's kind of cool in a way. Yeah.
5: It's cool. And did you know Frank Sinatra said that the greatest love song ever written was something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That
8: was
2: a George
5: Harrison's song too.
2: Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And Frankie what didn't like the Beatles. But... What's the song that's the most covered song of all time? Yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. There you Absolutely. go. Thanks, Chris. Yeah. I was thinking of that. As he was saying. Yeah, you have
1: it. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, we got a few minutes left, but I read the other that, not not the other day, but a few months ago, that that apple. Now Apple Apple is the Beatles company, not the computer company. And they had a legal right. entanglement for a long time. But anyway, Apple is is the Beatles company and they make just on royalties from Beatle Music every day eighty five thousand dollars. Eighty five thousand dollars seven days a week, month after month, <laughs> just on the royalties.
2: Eight days of the week. Can you imagine <laughs> that? <years> <laughs> I think the company's actually called Apple Corps. Apple Corps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And when they started that, that was just that was some hippie's dream. We're gonna give money to everybody. They give them money to the yeah. Hell's Angels Bad and Finger. stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's like
5: crazy. Right. I love that Badfinger. <laughs> I did too.
1: Yeah, Badfinger yeah. was good. Yeah, that was their first. Yeah,
2: yeah. So it was a female singer. I'm trying to think of her name. That was
1: Silla uh, Black. They to... they broke a lot of female singers over there. Yeah. Cilla Black was one of them.
2: Yeah, Silver Black was good. And, and, Taylor, I think. Yeah, and
1: Mary, Mary Ann Hopkins had a bunch of hits. That's, yeah.
2: That's the girl I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So thank you, Raven. We'll talk to you very soon. Okay? Switchy. <laughs> thank you. Switchy, thank you for joining us, yes. Switch. Okay. Great to be
3: here. I, I don't know uh, a lot about, as much about music as you guys, but I'd love to hear how it's created and how things are done and, and yes. the great stories.
9: Yeah, me too.
1: Yeah, I'd love to hear the inside stories. I really know. Okay.
2: So, this behind-the-scenes stuff is great.
1: One, one. Thank you. As usual.
2: You're welcome. Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, thanks, everyone out there list, uh, listening to us. We should say Homes for Our Troops. Homes for our Troops. Google them. They um, collect money for um, Afghan and Iraqi war veterans. They give them houses that are adapted to their particular handicap. Hand them the keys. No mortgage. They deserve it. Homes for our Troops. 88 cents of every dollar goes to our veterans. Uh, also, uh, the People's Mosquito Project. Which is a good friend Ross Shop and his mad Englishman friends are putting together, uh, putting back together a World War II warplane called the Mosquito, made of wood, two Rolls Royce engines on it, fastest thing in World War II for about two years. As one one says, they didn't put guns on them because they were able to outfly the bullets. That's how fast <laughs> the airplane was. That's how fast it was. That's insane. He's putting it together, and uh, when they get it put back together, the People's Mosquito Project, Juan Juan has volunteered to be the first civilian to go up in the first flight. Right.
2: Correct. And I'm going to have my own scarf made too to reflect the the, uh, the coolness of the mosquitoes. Uh, really? I
3: have to ask if something happens, God forbid, does that mean I move up on the totem pole? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <could> Switch it. <laughs>
2: yes. No
1: parachutes. No. He's he's going I have with to a make scarf. Sure my
2: affairs are in order. Yeah. No parachutes. <laughs> no because parachutes. Uh, I think yes. we'll be flying too low.
1: Okay. Okay. Right? I, I, I I don't know. You'll have to ask the pilot. See.
2: Thank you, Juan. The key is that if you if it goes down, you just jump just before it hits.
1: <laughs> Once again, that's what she said. Listen. <clears throat> We're also on podcast these days, okay? Podbeam Or oh, Google us mm-hmm. Mac Podbean. Maloney's. Mac Maloney's Military Exiles. Uh go on uh, Alexa and say, Alexa, please why do I always say please? Alexa, play Mac Maloney's. Oh, Alexa, play Mac Maloney's Military Exiles on Apple Podcasts, and we are there.
2: We were number 14 she, in Ireland. If she says that she can't find it, you uh, no. tell her to go to H and look it up again. Go to H, right. Because it's there. H-E double hockey go to sticks. H and look it up again.
1: We were 14th again. in Ireland two weeks ago, 14th in News and Commentary Podcasts. In Ireland.
2: Woo! Where, 14 where out of 12? 12. And those are, are the
1: sober people.
2: Yes. Where are we in Miramar?
1: Mirama I think they they shut down the radios hey listen thank you everyone thanks everyone for joining us thanks everyone out there listening to us and um, if you are in the Seacoast area of New England uh, download the Seacoast Oldies uh, app for a podcast and there we are on the radio thank you very much um, for doing that and uh, I guess that's it so until you hear us next time this is Mac Belani for the entire gang saying be safe be happy and bye bye
0: No. Oh. Hey! Okay.